people are following you not for the crazy production value. Right. So like B-roll won't save you, and like fancy music coming across. This is why people don't make videos mm -hmm. because it doesn't look professional enough. But it's quality of thought, not quality of production. If you're changing somebody's life with their relationship, that's that's the thing. Like you've got magic. How much more successful would you be if you had lunch once a week with insanely successful entrepreneurs who share their biggest secrets on how they think and achieve success? Grab your seat at the table, because this is Business Lunch with Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice. Welcome to another episode of Business Lunch. And today's a snackable episode with Roland where he's going to get into some more tactical strategies that you can start using to live a rich and happy life. If this is the first snackable episode you're hearing, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes that Roland has put out. And if you want to get notified every time we release a new episode, go to the new businesslunchpodcast.com website, and we'll send you detailed notes along with every episode. That's businesslunchpodcast.com, www.businesslunchpodcast.com, and you can sign up for the free email newsletter where you'll be able to get all the highlights and resources from the episodes. Uh, this is the journey. So for anybody who's just kind of getting started at the beginning of your YouTube journey, this was my journey. So 25 subscribers in year one, 107 subscribers in year two. So it took a while to kind of get going and get started. So wherever you are right now with your YouTube, you're probably ahead of where I was in year one and year two. So, you know, just keep going. One of the things that I love doing is help people like Roland get their message out to the world, help people like you get their message out to the world. I specialize in thought leadership, education, entrepreneurship. I'm not the guy to help you with your slime channel grow, but if you've got a message in your heart, you want to share it with the world. If you want to start your slime channel next, I'm not your guy, but getting the wisdom from your brain out to the world is what I want to do. And same, with you, same thing with you guys and have helped, you know. So today we're going to look at Roland's channel and get some feedback. But what I love doing at the beginning, before just diving into content, like this is where a lot of YouTube experts will let you guys down. It's just immediately start driving into, here's what you need to do to win on YouTube. Most of you, and like Roland, the goal is not to become an influencer. The goal, like what does a million subscribers even mean? Like the goal is we're trying to sell something. So before even diving into that, I'm going to walk Roland through the process that I would use to talk to those other guys about how to grow their YouTube channel so you can start generating some sales. Thinking about you, why not spend more time on YouTube? You've got a lot of stuff going on in your business and the conference and all this other stuff. Why not put more of a priority on YouTube? Like, What's the, what's the thought process? Well, I, right now, I've got a content team, and we shoot basically research content that we think will be most valuable to people, and then once a week, every Monday, all day Monday is blocked off for content. So we record podcasts, we record videos, uh, the team says these are the things that we think you should shoot, yeah. and then we shoot those things, and then it goes to all the different channels. And so for people here too, like why not? You've heard all these talks about why you need to be doing it. Cool, why are you not doing it yet? You know it's important, you've come here, you've heard other sessions, why are you not making content yet? Why is it not important, yeah? It doesn't work, not my audience, too much work, overwhelming. Okay, return on effort, not worth it. Not enough ideas, there you go, thank you, Roland. <laughs> Anytime you're dealing with a talent, and like Roland is a talent, and if I'm dealing with any of the people we saw before, they are all the talent. Access to time is always the hardest thing. You gotta justify doing this versus something else. The reason that we don't spend more time on YouTube is because you don't care about YouTube, you care about growing your business. And so the goal from this session would be to not just convince you to spend more time on YouTube, but to actually see how you can get an ROI to actually grow your business. Because you guys here, you want to grow your business, Roland wants to grow his business. So the number one question that nobody is asking you, and I'm going to ask Roland, 
before they devise a strategy for YouTube is what do you sell? I want to know what you sell before we even start talking about YouTube. So, what do you sell? So, conceptually, I sell opportunity. The opportunity to improve yourself financially and quality of life-wise through primarily acquisitions and exits. And then I have specific products that I can yeah, talk so about like as well. Yeah, so like products and services, yeah. where do you want more business? Sure. I want more deal flow. My whole goal in everything I do business-wise is how do I find more companies that I can become a part of? That's pretty much it. I mean, the funnel to making that happen is I do consultations, I do four-hour consults, uh, and then I have programs that are training programs for people. It's more of a uh, experience for a year to kind of train people in how to do this sort of stuff. Okay. Kind of and a collaborative type thing. And you're doing it with them? Correct. Got it. And for everybody here, like when you came in, well, the people who I met, like, well, what do you sell? It's always the first question, what do you sell? There was a relationship expert over here, counseling, we had a marketing uh, consultant. So this could be consulting, this could be books, this could be, you know, if Roland wanted to sell more tickets to this next year, right? You start with what do you want to sell? Because I want you to generate more leads, because if we can increase... So you can put cons consulting on there, you mentioned that, that's part consulting. of Consulting, okay, cool. If we could help Roland get these three things, he would spend a lot more time on YouTube. I'm saying everybody here, right? If you're gonna grow your business from your content, you would, you would justify spending more time on it. Now it's okay to go after what may be hard. Now all of, the, all of the problems we came up with here, right? All of the reasons why you can't do videos go away because it's generating revenue for you. For me, it's, I, I'm committed to the time because I'm already creating the content. Yeah. It's just a question of how do you get more people to see it and consume it. To do that, all types of content can win. I want you to make content that actually leads to these things. If we're trying to sell deal flow training programs and consulting, the best content that you could make, because you're kick-ass at what you do, and I've seen some of your speeches and obviously watched some of the videos in, in doing this, most of what you're doing is if it's in the one-on-one -on -one interaction, coaching entrepreneurs, consulting, taking a piece of their business, doing your, like what goes into a, a four-hour, $25,000 consult that then turns into a 10% of their business, right. or, or you know, that's the model. Mm -hmm. If you're a great, consultant, show me you consulting. Like whatever you sell, show me the process of you doing it. So if you, are, if you get up and if you do a speech, that's great, it's information, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily a great consultant. If you wanna sell training programs, show me you training somebody. So the best content that you can make is not here are the eight ways why couples fight with each other, it's you taking two people and doing a live consult with them. If you're gonna consult for companies that then you turn that into equity for you, or here you're training people how to do what you do, like how to do the mm -hmm. training consultants, how to take these, perfect. Those are two groups then that you just sit down and you do a Q&A with. Here's what's great about it. One, it's easier. A lot of, this, a lot of these reasons here, like I, I don't have enough ideas. You don't need to have ideas. They're bringing you the ideas. Mm -hmm. Right? If you're actually good at what you do, like Roland is so kick-ass at what he does that you don't need them to fill out a four-page questionnaire. You could just answer any, any question, as right. long as it relates to yeah. the things yeah. that you're awesome at, right? Yeah. Relationships, you don't need them to fill out this huge, so there's no prep work. For anybody, anybody afraid of kind of being in front of the camera, you're nervous when you turn on the camera, like, oh my God, how am I gonna look? Not in this crowd, <laughs> you guys are all used to it? Okay, well that's usually a big problem for people. It's like, I don't like talking to the camera but you're talking to a human now. Yeah, makes it easier. Makes it easier. So it's a lot more fun. Yeah. Like, so like, how do I find those people? Well, maybe they're following you on Instagram, or maybe they sent you an email and they're, they're not quite ready. You have your process, right? Like, mm -hmm. wait, well, here's my letter of intent. 
you sign the letter, wire me the money, and, and I'll do the thing. Mm -hmm. But if they're not at that stage yet, it's like, okay, well, how about you come on my show mm -hmm. on YouTube? And it's up front. You let them know this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? It's not like, oh, that's by the cool. Way, no, I think that's great. I love it. Those are key words. Like, if you love it, you're more likely to do it. Mm -hmm. If it's work that you have to show up and do because it's in your schedule and you kind of know that it's important, you're less likely to want to do it. Right? So loving it matters. So anything that you sell becomes a series on the channel. So something around helping entrepreneurs, uh, how do they grow? How do they build? How do they scale? Mm -hmm. Right? That's an entrepreneur show. How do you train people how to do it? And then whatever's involved in the consulting. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. Like if you, if you have a training program, you could take your students in a training program and then make a video about them mm -hmm. with them. You take somebody who's, it's an annual program? Yeah, it is, yes. And how much does that cost? Uh, 48000 Okay, so $48,000 to join the training program. But that's group, right? That is a, it's a group, yes. Perfect. Access to you is impossible. Uh, Almost uh, impossible. Yes. Right? Unless, if it's a portfolio <laughs> company, like if I'm part of the deal, then right. yes. But in general, like if you want Roland's time, you know, it's, it's really hard to get. Yeah. Super valuable. If you have $25,000 and you're going to pay him for four hours, is that still the price? It is. It's yeah. still the price. Perfect. But otherwise... <laughs> but only until the end of today. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> Use code Evan and then you get... <laughs> right? So you could take somebody who's in this program. How many people are at a time? Uh, about 100. 100 people. Okay. So like they love you. They love Roland. He's, he's a genius. They're learning from him. They've committed 48,000 48, to be in this program, right? Now you get one-on-one -on -one time with him, but it's going to be turned into content. And we say that in advance, right? Not a bait and switch afterwards, hey, can we put this on our channel? But in advance, would you like one-on-one -on -one time with Roland for half an hour, talk about whatever you need in your business, and we're going to use that as content for a YouTube channel? How many people would say yes to that? At least three. Probably a lot more yeah, than lot. three, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. But you also don't need everybody. Like maybe people don't want to be on YouTube. People, they don't want to share their stories. Couples that, so that's the challenge with consulting, which um, it, it's uh, simple when you say it, as most great things are. Like I've asked clients, can I film the consult? And they're just like, there's too many confidential things that we talk about. So they don't want that, right? But you don't have to do it with clients. Right, yes. Yeah, so you do it with people who can't afford the 25K, who still want access to your time. And are comfortable, and that's the trade. And then, if they don't want to do it, cool. Like, yeah. join my other program, or here's a book, or come to TNC, or something else. Yeah. You don't need everybody. Yeah, right? no, that's cool. Relationship problems, same thing. They may not want to go at each other and share, like, oh, well, you cheated on me, and, like, that's going to go on YouTube and forever, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> you don't need everybody. You need 1%. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. Now, in some of the training consulting, like, if it's your students... You don't always have to go into the mode depth. You can give tons of value without going super specific on them sharing their you know, balance sheet from the, like right now, right? Sure. There's still a lot of value you can provide anyway. Yep. But here's what happens. If he does a training program, you've got, you got 100 people in there. If you have you know, five people willing to do it at the start, cool, you do those five. It's more fun because you're working with somebody who you like. Mm -hmm. You're giving more value to them and building the relationship up even more. You have content for the channel. But here's what happens when you get on the call with them. And this, is a, this could be a simple Zoom call. Like, this doesn't have to be they fly to your office and you're spending time with them. You could have a simple Zoom call, have four back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back episodes, and now you've got content for the next month on that series. Yeah. When they come on, you're going to say, hey, here's Joe. He's part of my $48,000 program where I train people. How to, now we're talking Maybe about Maybe Eunice, thing. but not Maybe Joe. Maybe Eunice, but not Joe. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Joe doesn't pay attention anyway. He's <laughs> doing <laughs> You're talking about why, he, why this call is happening. Yeah. Oh, Roland has this program? I didn't know you had this program. Now we're talking about the program without talking about the program, yeah. right? Then Eunice is going to come on and say, oh my god, Roland, your program's amazing. I love this training. Now that's going to be 
them talking about it without us talking about it. So now yeah. we're promoting the thing without promoting the thing. Right, like it. Right, and we're demonstrating how good you are, because then it's just gonna be Eunice comes on and says, okay, Roland, I'm struggling with this, and then you change your life. That's great. Like, that's the best content to show how good you are, if you are actually a good coach. So this is why we have to start here, because Roland's already making content, and he's already got some great videos up on here, right? So you know, this is him doing a speech, and this is him, another speech, and then here. He's doing Q&A, where a lot of these are, it's like there's a question that pops up, and then Roland answers it, right? That's typically yep. what you're filming. Yep. Cool. What would be even better is to see the person coming on and asking the question. Yep. Because in any, anybody who does coaching consulting, you know the question they ask is almost never the question they actually need help with. Right. Right? If you're actually good at coaching and consulting. So where you're magical is then saying, okay, you think that's your question, but then like, let's ask here. And they go, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. And when, when you get the aha moment with them, that's when you're like, they want to work with you, but everybody who's like them, who's watching it, want to work with you as well. Do you find that um, it is more or less effective or just even doing something like that with people in person, live in the studio versus on a Zoom? Because it's hard to get people from all over the place to be in a room, like to create content regularly. Everybody's Zoom trained now. Okay, it's not really Def much difference. Definitely do Zoom. Like, okay. This is what's important. This is, it's thought leadership. So your job is to teach them to think like you think. You think differently. Mm -hmm. You're a weird duck, right? Like you guys all here are weird ducks. Like you walk in this room and you see things that most people don't see. And so that becomes your job is to teach other people how to do it. They're not following you, they're not following me for like seeing me in a bikini or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or hair advice. <laughs> but like people are following you not for the crazy production value. Right. So like B-roll won't save you and like fancy music coming across. This is why people don't make videos mm -hmm. because it doesn't look professional enough. But it's quality of thought, not quality of production. If you're changing somebody's life with their relationship, that's, that's the thing, like you've got magic. And for people who might be worried about IP is another thing, well if I show my process, somebody might steal it. Don't explain what's happening under the process. It's like a magician. You guys are magicians. Roland's a magician. How he came to ask the question he's gonna ask, he doesn't have to explain it. Mm -hmm. So it looks like magic to the outsiders. Like, yeah, how I... did he even know how to that way? Right? It looks like magic. Yeah. But for you, it's like you've done it so many times, you are a genius, pattern recognition, you know how to... and same thing for everybody here if you're actually an expert at it, right? So this is more fun content to make, and it'll actually help you convert a lot better on the sales. If we're talking leverage, because I love leverage as well, like this kind of video, do you have a landing page for all these things? Uh, yes, different, different things for different things, yes. Cool, right, and like everybody, hopefully if you're here, you have a landing page, I hope to talk about that. Putting an example of how you do your thing is a great conversion tool for your landing page. If you've got a landing page for this $48,000 program, and then I get to see you, not just, not just customer testimonials of saying this is the greatest program ever, mm -hmm. but I get to see Roland with Eunice and how he changed her life, and I get to see the interaction, and then the, the next level of thinking, like that's great conversion for your website. So the idea is let's make videos that help us sell stuff, not just to get reach, but also to convert people over. Any questions on this? No, I, I'm in, keep, makes keep sense. Going. Questions, maybe a quick question here. I noticed that he's got an hour long video, but then he's got a seven minute video. Yeah. So do you want a magical moment in a sound bite or do you want to see it in totality or out of those two series? Okay, so we, let's talk structure, because this is, this is helpful. In terms of length, 
the longer the better. Everybody, I don't know, I don't know who's talking here, but the, you might see a lot of people talking shorts. Cool, you can do shorts. But long form is so much better to convert people over. If somebody's watching 30 seconds of Roland versus three hours, who's gonna buy more? Who's gonna, like the person who's gonna buy his 25,000 plus give him 10% of the company is the person who's like spending time with them, not just watching a 30 second short. Mm -hmm. The biggest growth that we see is in the one to three hour category. One to three hours. And people's like, people will not watch, they will. Because YouTube is now the education platform. If I wanna learn how to trade my consulting for equity in companies, what he's genius at, where am I gonna learn how to do that? The library? My mom? Like, where am I learning how to do that? I'm going to YouTube and I ask, and then there's his video. And there's only so much he can cover in a five minute video versus a 40 minute presentation or an hour and a half consult with somebody. How do you feel about podcasts for content on your personal channel? Podcasts go back to what do we sell? So the biggest mistake people make with podcasts is they're bringing on guests. You having Joe on your channel doesn't help you sell any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Now maybe that helps you with biz dev and knowing Joe, I mean you guys know Joe, but there's somebody else you wanna connect and you know, having Arnold on your show, cool, like that's great biz dev. So that could be like a fourth category here because we're making content to build relationships. Mm -hmm. But that's what it's for. It won't help you sell any of this other stuff. Mm -hmm because you are the expert. I need to see you being the expert. You asking questions to somebody doesn't- So let's say that we do that on the podcast, yeah. then we've got a video podcast that's an hour long. Yeah. Posting that on YouTube as opposed to a separate podcast channel? Depending on the audience, it's a different channel. Mm -hmm. So if you're targeting the same audience, you can have different shows. Your speaking gigs and your consults is still the same stuff, mm -hmm. so it's the same channel. Mm -hmm. If it's a different audience completely, then it's a different channel. Okay. For everybody. Cool. Yeah. But most podcasts, the problem is you are not the expert. And if you're the Larry King asking the questions, I'm not buying your stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm buying your guest stuff because right. they're the expert. Right. Unless your business is being a host. Right. Then I need to see you hosting. Like right. whatever you want to sell, show me the process of you selling it so you can convert. So yeah, that's a great question. It's like it always comes back to this. What do you want to sell? I want to help you sell stuff. Right? I went to a YouTube event and this guy had uh, 6 million YouTube subscribers and just hired his first VA to help him because he's doing everything himself. I was like, how do you not have a business? This is crazy, right? Where I started with like business in mind first. So what are you trying to sell? And then show me the process. Um, you mentioned micro content. So like you're taking your videos and you're, you're splicing, them by, splicing them up into a bunch of content. Like are you, are you filming individual things for micro clips or are you taking I do both, so I have long and short form content that I create. Okay, so let me pull up. This is what's called an audience retention curve. This is the most important thing for data. I love data. I love data-driven decisions. I don't know if you guys love data nerds in the house. I love it. YouTube gives you the most data of all the platforms, and so you can geek out forever. Uh, but if you don't love data, this is the most important thing that you have to pay attention to. This shows you, so curve, if I try to kind of replicate what, what's on there, it's kind of like going like this here, up, down, and then, you know, across, right? And that's a, this is a 14 minute video, right? But this could be an hour, this could be two hours, this could be whatever. This is showing you second by second where people are falling off in your video, right? So if we look at the start here, this sucks. Like you just lost half of the people in the first 30 seconds of this video. This isn't me saying that you suck, this is, I love you. This is like, your structure here sucks, right? And for a lot of videos, this is actually not new for most people here, right? Like, you have a hook on a landing page. 
But then when we go to YouTube, we kind of forget all of this stuff, right? Rolling on one of your videos, so like your, your most recent video here, uh, you're doing a thing on stage, but it's not you at the start, it's somebody doing an intro of you. Okay. If I don't know you, I don't want to sit through this intro, right? So same thing, like if you were, if you were making a landing page, what would the opening be? You have a headline and a subheadline, not somebody saying who this person is. And definitely not saying, hey guys, welcome back, it's me, Evan, thank you, wow, happy Thursday, great to be here. This is how we start our videos. Mm -hmm. But you know you'd never use that opening for anything else in any of your other marketing, right? But then when we go to YouTube, we kind of forget all the stuff that we know about marketing. So when you see something like this, it's like, okay, well, this, this sucks. Like, you, we need to fix our intro. Because we're assuming we're targeting people who have no idea who we are. So Roland's got 10,000 subscribers, cool. Like, let's 100x that, let's get them to a million. The way to do that is to target people who have no idea who he is. So if I'm watching a video and it's not capturing my attention right away, I'm out. But if you catch me for the first minute, they'll watch two hours. Because you're the only guy teaching the stuff that you know. Mm -hmm. So the intro sucks. But then you have these moments, right? Like on here, you have these moments. Like you have, a little, you have a little peak here, you have a little peak here, right? And this is a big peak on that graph. What is that? Well, how does that happen? Like these are, people are leaving the video. How do we have a spike in the middle? So they're either like, this sucks so much that I'm gonna fast forward and just skip it. Or it's like, wait, what did he just say? And they rewind it to go watch it again. When you're looking at doing your micro clips, this is the stuff that you clip. Like you don't have to have your team sit there and like fight over which clip was good and which one wasn't good. Like the data is showing you. And in, in rolling a 40 minute presentation, there's gonna have lots of these little spiky moments. And so he just has to go like here and here and here and here. Like these are all little clips that he can put across all the channels. Those become like 45 second Instagram reels. Those become one liner tweets. And especially when you're working with somebody, you're gonna say tons of genius things that maybe you've never said before. What we had been doing was because we have video calls that are group training calls, we've been clipping the things that were questions that were answered in those calls and they just haven't made it here. So we'll, we'll have to get on that because we have that content already from the Zoom calls and the training and putting that up is great. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. When you release long form content on YouTube because you're releasing your one hour shows, your one hour consults, you post it to YouTube, you get the best data here saying where people are falling off, and then that gives you 40 different clips to put across all your channels. You're definitely not doing it. And even team doesn't have to sit there and struggle to figure out like what are we gonna post, you look at the data. Yeah, so I'm thinking about how do we create content without having to create more content, but that content that I, I'm guessing and I'm asking for everybody here, if we're doing coaching calls effectively mm -hmm. within our community, mm -hmm. then posting that content shows us doing what we're doing. Is that something that seems like it would be something that would work here? Because it is giving them examples of you literally doing the thing that you do. Yeah, for sure, if they get a change in the call. Yeah. Right, like if yeah. you end the call, like, oh, that's. Yeah, no, we're solving problems all yeah, the time. Exactly. I yeah, exactly. Mean, so that's actually kind of cool because I, cause you don't want to have to create more content. So if you're doing coaching calls or trainings or any of those kinds of things already, mm -hmm. then that's a great place to get that, right? As long as there's ideally buy-in at the beginning, mm -hmm or you ask for permission afterwards. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing a show, show, then you get the buy-in or they're not coming on, you don't right. get Roland's time. Right. If they're clients and that may not be part of the buy-in, then you have to ask afterwards, yeah. hey, do you mind if we put that up there? No, you just surprise them, just hope everything works out okay. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. you didn't get that one from me. Thank Audience you. retention curve, like super important, most important piece of data to pay attention to. It also helps you make better data. Like quite often, you'd be shocked at how often this is some, like that was the moment 
Like, if you watched it back, you said, what did I do there? What did I say there? And you're, like, you're shocked that, that that was the moment. Mm -hmm. But the audience is telling you, yeah, that's the moment. So do more stuff like that, not just clip it, but do more. Maybe you have another video just dedicated to whatever topic this was, right? So you're just using data to become better, better creators. Not anything new to you guys. You guys know what you're doing, but just I'm helping you bring it into a YouTube world. You were saying the intro sucks. So yeah. does a bumper work, or does it need to be more organic? A bumper meaning a pre-edited yeah. log line to ensure you're not Let me give you the structure. It. We need our hook, okay? Nothing new. You guys know we need a hook. So what does the hook look like in video? Well, if Roland's going to speak on stage, or if Roland's going to do a consultant call, you don't know what the best, like the beginning kind of sucks. Hey, Susan, nice to meet you. Like, tell me about your business and what you're all about. And then you're going to ask eight questions, and then you're going to get to the goal that's coming up. And, and you can get there faster, but it's still a couple minutes of rapport building, and, and it kind of sucks. We're assuming people have no idea who you are. It's the first time seeing it. What am I watching? Right? So what you do is you take the highlight moments and put it at the beginning. I need Susan saying, Roland, you just saved me a million dollars. I love you. That's the first 20 seconds of the video. That's good. Right? When you're doing a speech, same thing, like whatever the highlight moments are, whenever you get the most animated or the most claps, like clips, this is not anything new, right? You go to, you watch a TV show, coming up on this episode of Survivor, the drama, whatever happens, mm -hmm. right? Like we're just taking those same things and we're putting it into a YouTube video. When you are doing a standalone video, like it's you just direct the camera, you can control that better. You can lead with a hook. You can, you can have a powerful opinion out of the gate, right? You're not gonna say, hey guys, welcome back, it's me. But when you're with somebody else, you can't control the intro. It's going to be kind of crappy. A podcast, you know, you have Arnold on. He's going to say something great, but probably not the first thing out of his mouth. Right. Right? Yeah. Now, I know who Arnold is, so cool. That's going yeah. to help. But in general, when you're with somebody else, you take the highlight moments, and you, you have a, the bumper is not a look at how fancy I am and New York Times best-selling author. Like, nobody cares about that stuff yet because they don't know who you are. Like, you have to give me a reason to watch. And so it's the most emotional moment from whatever happened there, bumper at the beginning. Yes, bumper, but not a stock thing that's on every single video. It's from inside that video, the best moment and cut. When I first started, I would never have come to this. I would I'd be too embarrassed. I'm, I'm shy, I'm introverted. It doesn't come across like when I'm on stage doing stuff, but um, I would never have come here. I would have never asked questions. I'd never attend sessions, and so you guys, I bet I've already seen huge growth in your business as a result of coming to TNC whether it's this time or, or previous times. And so it's like, it's the investment in learning to really go off and do it. So teaching you the structure. But it's not just the growth, right? Like I want you to make money. What do you sell? Let's make that happen. Just, uh, just a really quick one on the strategy you shared with uh, recording the client calls. How yeah. do you title it like, and uh, optimize that for discoverability? Or is that not for discoverability? You do other videos for discoverability and these are just for more like value. This is great. So, that's great for everybody. Like, how do you call the video? What do you, what do you title it so they can start getting views? Most people think YouTube is a search engine. And it is. We all heard YouTube's the second largest search engine in the world. Yay, optimize. Most views don't happen on search, though. Most views happen by what, get rec what gets recommended to you in suggested. Mm -hmm. So the game is not ranking for keywords in search. The game is ranking after other existing videos. So if I'm rolling and I'm doing a consulting video, I don't, I don't care about ranking for how to be a consultant or how to earn equity as a consultant. I'm looking at what are the other videos that have already done well on those channels, currently on YouTube, and I want to rank after them because Roland's better than those guys. This is what is frustrating is that there's so much demand, like everybody's going to YouTube to search for this stuff, and there's so little supply. When you say, oh, it's, am I too late? Is it oversaturated? 
for like who's actually posting, who's talking about this on YouTube? Zero. Mm -hmm. in, in your industry, like relationships, who's, talk, who's actually good? Like how much supply is there? Not a lot. What do you, what do you talk about? What's your business? Uh, well, I do, uh, I'm the head of marketing for a software company, but uh, my YouTube channel is, uh, I do uh, uh, affiliate marketing. Cool. Basically. So yeah, the, there are some people marketing. doing affiliate marketing on YouTube. Yeah. Are you better than them? In some ways. <laughs> well, but like, that's what we focus on. Like for most industries, am I too late? Yeah. There's only a handful of people who are doing it. There aren't 50 people making videos on affiliate marketing that have any level of quality. And how many people care about affiliate marketing that are going to YouTube to search? Millions, right? So there's giant demand, little supply, and, and maybe almost zero quality supply. So the game becomes 25-year-old life coach example, right? Like coming on, they're getting millions of views off, off of their video. Affiliate marketers sharing their advice, they're already getting millions of views off of their videos. Consultants are already getting millions of views off their videos. Awesome. Your job isn't to rank for the term, your job is to rank after their video. Right, and, and just a quick follow-up on that, is it not to get too nerdy with the algorithm, but do you have like a small window there where, where YouTube will push you for a little bit to see if your video's good? Is that? That's a different game. That's a news cycle browse game. So if you're talking, this strategy does not work if you're covering news stuff, right? If you're talking about Russia or COVID right. or whatever, right? That's, that's, that matters what happens right now. Suggested is evergreen content. We don't, we don't even look at our numbers until 30, 60, 90 days out. Okay. This is a difference between a, a Mr. Beast-like launch, we need to get it popping hard, versus evergreen thought leadership education content. Got it. Because the stuff that you share is evergreen. Do you do anything different to rank okay. after the other guys, or? The easiest way to do it is a similar title to what they used. Okay. So you're taking a similar title, you call your video almost the same thing, or the same thing, depending on you know, what it is, okay. and then it's about getting people to watch. Cool. So the hook is important, right? Like the first minute matters. If any data nerds here, 70% at one minute becomes the goal. 70, this is hard. Hold their attention so that one minute into the video, 70% 70 of people are still watching. I have a question I'm a little shy about asking. Let's go, you got okay. it. Let's go, Sally, come on, <laughs> woo! <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think this might be a dirty little secret, and I wanted to find out your take on it. Okay, I was okay. Talking, okay, can I have permission to say something that's embarrassing? I was talking with a group of entrepreneurs, and we were talking about how it can be more difficult for women to do impromptu video because there's a higher level of expectation for how a woman looks on video that it's, it's more, I mean, we can all agree a woman can't just roll out of bed and do a video in quite the same way that a guy can, unless, unless that's your brand, which is cool. And so what we were talking about was how, if you look at video quality, production quality, in terms of A, B, and C, an A quality video is one that you have hair and makeup, you have practiced, it's articulate, maybe you have a teleprompter, but it's killer. C quality is like, hey guys, I'm here at the burger stand, eating my hot dog. The concept that this group of entrepreneurs came up with was women can either do an A or a C, but you can't have a B. What do you think of that? So first off, I'm not a woman, so you know, obviously. But you're a viewer, and you're a critic, and yeah. an expert, and a connoisseur. Yeah, and, and so it depends on like, what does your audience actually care about? Does it, does it matter to the audience or not? And what's the ideal client that you're trying to bring in? Just like everything else. Who's your ideal market? What are they looking at in you? And is that the brand that you want to be? If you're positioning yourself as, I am the perfect woman who's got it all figured out, then you better look that. You better be that, because that's what you're selling. 
if well, you're saying what about branding up until a certain point because up until recently mm -hmm. br great branding especially for women was really more about having a certain look and style and attitude and only recently has it become a lot more authentic and deconstructed and so it's a difficult shift I mean for guys too there's a lot there's, there's a lot of momentum towards just being authentic in my industry Mel Robbins is probably the number one yeah, I was just about to say, right she's, a, she's an outstanding example of somebody who's really kind of broken that glass ceiling well, by glass but ceiling, she does I both I mean the mirror in front like of she'll you. do super high-end TV show level fancy stuff and then she'll be in the back of her taxi or like I just woke up in bed and hey everybody I've got a message on my heart right and she shares it so how much of it is actually like just a story in your head versus actually what's real but it's more like who are the people who I want to attract in, in me, in this presentation, I care about education and thought leadership. That's what I'm great at. I don't want news or the crazy trending stuff. It's like you, I want to help you sell more stuff, which brings some people in and kicks some people out. Okay, that's helpful. So you're saying we shouldn't do catfishing. I love authenticity. Like, yeah. the, I think that's the best marketing of all time. But you can, like, that works. If, but as soon as that crumbles, then, like, as soon as people see you without your makeup on or whatever, then... Does that just destroy the brand that you built for yourself? So I should take off my toupee? Go for it. Okay, <laughs> okay cool. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> Cheers. I run a channel called HubSpot Hacks, and I teach people how to use HubSpot on YouTube. Like, okay. we've, we've seen very similar growth in our subscribers like you have, so that's yep. good to, to know. Yeah. Um, and I look like this on my videos. Like, I don't have a dress, and, like, it, I shoot it, and it's like, check it out. That, the answer to that question is right there. Yeah. But in the first minute, we used to use a bumper so that we actually had, like, our brands but we, we found that we were losing some like, like eyeballs on that first minute. Yeah. But like if, if I, I haven't watched your videos rolling, I need to after this. What are you suggesting for making sure that there's a brand visibility, at like, like any logos or graphics or whatever in that first minute? Nobody cares yet. No, like you don't need to have it in the first minute. Nobody okay. cares about your brand yet. So, you gotta earn that by saying <laughs> something awesome. That's, this is where most people, that chart that I showed you here is like, if I, if I actually were to watch this video, it's probably all brands. Like, I don't know who you are. I don't care yet. Yeah. Teach me something. Hmm. Okay, might have to A-B test that a little bit. Um, like the best brand equity that you can build with them is not them seeing the logo, it's them spending time with you. That, that's uh, do you love Roland because of his logo and the color scheme? It's no, like this guy's a genius and he's teaching me something, he's changing my life. Sure. That's the brand. Let me finish this okay. because I think this would be helpful like in structuring a video that will actually help you convert to sales. So like the hook matters, 70% retention at one minute. The hook at the beginning is you pitching something, like the value of this video. Or if you're doing coaching, the highlight moments, 20, 30 seconds, highlight moments at the beginning to, to get people to watch, okay? Two, we need a call to action in the middle of the video. This is where people screw up. People put the call to action at the end. Get Joe's free book at the end, right? Or, or hire me or whatever at the end. No, 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 no. You put it in the middle of the video. I want everybody to have a lead magnet. You guys know what that is? A lead magnet in the middle of the video that then you link in the description below. So halfway through a video, if you're doing a coaching call, you're not gonna interrupt yourself, you know. Hey, by the way, guys, like, hey, if you want my lead magnet, there's something below. But you film, we, we, I mean, Joe did this. He's doing interviews with people or 10-minute talks on his channel for Genius Network. And Joe comes on five minutes in and says, hey, guys, I got a book, Joe's free book. And he started generating leads for his free book while being on sabbatical for an entire year, <laughs> just filming this video and generating leads for his business. Like, I need people to go off of social and into your email list, right, so we can sell them stuff. Once they're on your email list, you guys know way better than I do on what to do with them. But how do we generate leads? And so inside your video is a lead magnet that they get for their email address exchange. So halfway through, you interrupt the video either yourself or an ad that says, hey, if you want to know X, Y, Z, there's a link in the description below. Go click it. I'll see you there. 
right? In the middle. You do it at the beginning, everybody's going to bounce. You do it at the end, everybody's going to bounce. You do it in the middle so that, like, that's interesting, but they'll keep watching the video, right? And the ones who aren't, they stop watching the videos because they've gone to go click on your lead magnet. What would you rather have? I want them to click on my lead magnet because I got their email address, right? So the call to action needs to happen and needs to be in the middle. And then just quickly, last thing here is the ending is what's next. What you want to do, and if you need an example, just look at any of my videos, you'll see. At the end of every video, you lead them to another video. Don't, don't say thank you for watching. Don't ask them to subscribe to your channel. I, don't ask, I have three and a half million subscribers on my channel. I never ask anybody to subscribe to my channel. They'll subscribe because they love you. So your job is to get them to watch the next video. At the end of the video, use no language that feels like it's over. No closing language. You know, like, thank you guys for watching. No, it's the end of the session for you but it's not the end of the session for them. Treat it like it's the end of the first quarter in a basketball game. So after they're done that first video, if they watch one video of Roland on stage crushing it, there should be a thing at the end saying, hey, and if you want to see another speech where I did at TNC last year, go click there. I'll see you there. Not I'll see you later or I'll see you soon. I'll see, go click on it. I'll see you there. You're continuing the journey with them. At the, the last 20 seconds of every video, you can actually show something on, it's called an end screen. You can have a video on there that you can go and lead people to. So if you follow this format, we're hooking people so that they watch it. Right? We're getting people to actually stay on the video. YouTube's going to reward us. We're getting a, a call to action so that we can start collecting email addresses and sell the stuff that we're trying to sell. And at the end, we're continuing the session to go to the next video so YouTube continues to reward us and we're building our brand with the audience. That's what I got. That's awesome. Thank you. Let's Thank give him a hand. Roland. Thank you. I will, uh, we got to move on and there's other things happening, but I will go to the carpet outside if you guys have questions. Happy to, it's my favorite thing to do. So let's give it up one more else? time okay. for Evan and Roland, you guys. There you go. Hey, Roland Frazier here. If you're looking for a way to grow your business exponentially, to get more customers and ultimately increase your wealth, there's no faster way to do it than to acquire other businesses that already have the customers, products, services, teams, and media that you want. If you want to double your sales, just acquire a company that has the same sales as yours. It sounds simple, but far too many people end up starting new businesses that fail and forget that they could skip all the hard stuff and just acquire one that already exists. There's a reason why private equity firms, family offices, big companies like Apple, Google, and some of the smartest entrepreneurs on the planet do not start new businesses from scratch. They acquire already successful businesses. And when they do it, they instantly increase their sales, their profits. If they want market share, they increase that. They can get new products and services to offer all instantly. Hey, look, 90% of new businesses fail. 90%. Why not acquire an already successful business and increase your chances of success by 900%? What most people don't realize is you can acquire highly profitable businesses with no money out of your own pocket in pretty much any country in the world, regardless of your credit and without having to go find a bunch of investors or needing any experience. Look, I've been acquiring businesses for over 30 years now, and I cover the whole process in my epic investing strategy training, and I want to give it to you 100% free. Just visit businesslunchpodcast.com forward slash epic to get your free access to my epic investing training right now while it's available.